Welcome to the LJA Podcast, featuring news, knowledge, and insight from principals, leaders, and subject matter experts in every area of the company. LJA is an employee-owned, award-winning civil design firm offering over 300 services with 43 offices in Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. We build civilization. Listen to the LJA podcast to learn why. Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of the LJA podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited today. I'm excited for a few reasons, because the first podcast that I ever recorded was recorded online and virtually. And, you know, I don't mind podcasting virtually, but I love podcasting in person. So I finally got a chance to get on a plane post pandemic and get down here to Houston, Texas to meet with my good friends at LJA. And so I'm excited to be here today. And a big shout out to Kristen and Callie and Irene and the rest of the crew here at LJA for putting up such great hospitality for me. And I am sitting in front of Heather Sides. And Heather is a vice president with LJA and, and somebody that I've come in contact with. You've actually been in a few of our trainings yeah, that I've done yeah, before in the past. So we've, we've had we've had some relationships before and, and some connections. So it's good to be sitting in front of you to learn a little bit more about you one-on-one today for the podcast. So how are you doing, Heather? I'm great. It's a beautiful day. It is. It is a beautiful day. So, well, listen, I would love for you to just kind of share your superhero origin story or how you got started. It's something that I that question, that transcends everything, right? Because a lot of times people want to know, well, why would I want to listen to somebody? And I think you sharing your story is important for the listeners. So I would love for you just to kind of give us the cliff note version of who Heather Sides is. Sure. So I started out when in college as a structural engineer and graduated with that. And during the course of that, um, my dad is a construction inspector and he really wanted me to have some on the ground field work experience. So he got me a job at his company and started doing some surveying and I really knew nothing about it. But after the second summer that they brought me back, they made me the first party chief, first women party chief at the city of Wichita. So I kind of did that for a few years and I really just kind of did it as, as a way to make money to pay for college through the whole thing. And then got out and did some engineering and really didn't enjoy it much. So Kind of jumped around from a couple different jobs or whatever, but ended up back in surveying. I went to apply to an engineering company, and the only position they had was in surveying. And they're like, well, you've got experience. Why don't you do that? And the second time through, it really stuck. So yeah, I always say people kind of get sucked into surveying, and, and I definitely did. So haven't left it since and really kind of grew up with it. But really, it's it's kind of having an experience to be able to do a lot of the different backgrounds, the stuff that I went to school for, I don't use as much, but you know, being an engineer with that experience really helps me talk to a lot of the people around here. Right. Um, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And so, and I, I remember back in the day when, you know, when you would talk about you, cause you mentioned you were a party chief, you know, there were, you used to be like three people on a crew, exactly. right? And yeah. that's changed a lot, right? Yeah. When you think of, when you think of what surveying is like in 2021, as at the date of, that we're recording this, Surveying is not what it was like back in the day. Not at all. Well, can you not can you kind of share what that experience was like, just for especially for the younger people that are listening to this? Yeah. So when when I was working, you know, we didn't have total stations. We had we really ran a lot of stuff just written in a book. The the really high level people could get a data collector, you know. But that was that was such high technology when I first started. And so yeah, you'd have three or four people on the crew, 
and we still threw metal chains out and everything else, plumb bobs, you know, all of those things that I look back and I'm like, oh, this is all like antique stuff now. <laughs> but so now, you know, we we run a lot of GPS and VRS and even like the drones and and things like that. So we're two man crews is really pretty pretty common. We'll we'll throw a third person out there if we've got a lot of really heavy work to do. But two to three people is well, three is pretty much the max that we right. we have out there now. So and just the technology. There's no way I could I couldn't go out and, and do it now. There's just so many things that have changed since since I was out there. But we rely on our, our guys to to, you know, to stay up on that technology and it's it's really good to have. Yeah. I mean, did you ever mag- imagine that there would be a day where so much technology would play such a major role in surveying? Not at all. I mean, I got into surveying because, you know, the math, I mean, I was always math mathematically, you know, but the history and I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed solving puzzles and, and things like that. Technology. And I worked for a software company for a little bit, too. So I had a little like I can pick up software and technology pretty easily. But it was the way that it's come across lately, it's just so fast, so much. And yeah, it just the, the technology that has happened in the last 10 years has been outstanding. And, and I, I can't personally keep up with it. It's, yeah. it's pretty tough. So, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. And and I think, I mean, that's just, that's the way it goes though, right? I mean, with, with all of it is that even as we get older and some of us are older than others that are listening to this podcast, <laughs> I think you recognize that what you, what was new to you back in the day is old now. Absolutely. And you know, what is new to some of the people today will be old in a few years because technology is iterating even faster at a faster clip now than it was when we were first getting into this into this industry. Right. So And I remember when GPS came in, everybody was like, oh, it's a new technology and it's so expensive. And now it's like everybody has one in their car and on their phone. And, you know, it's you know, obviously different technologies are, are highly more accurate, but everybody still has technology that we didn't have before. So yeah, and I think that's really cool. So it sounds like you don't get out too often into the field. I don't. I went out last Friday just to kind of see a site that we were having some issues with, but it's pretty rare for me to be out there. And I, I think I scare everybody when I go out. They're, <laughs> right, they're like, why, why is, she is she here? here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> wow. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you've been at LJ for how long now? About, I'm, it'll be seven years. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, so it's been close. a minute. Yeah. So, and you were the first kind of homegrown vice president, female vice president. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there was other women that were obviously more experienced and stuff in the company, but I was the first one that kind of went through the ranks right. that way. And there's been others since. So I'm really excited about looking around and seeing other women VPs and stuff. But, but yeah, I was the first one. So it was yeah. And that's and and I see it's I mean it, I mean LJA is growing. I mean I remember like some I was telling somebody I was like I remember LJA back in the 90s and you guys were much smaller back then and and you weren't there but I mean it was just a much different company and to see what it's like now and even just since I've been back involved in the industry since 2014 you guys have grown tremendously yeah. and yeah. 35 offices over 1200 people and and every day you keep adding new people it seems like exactly so, exactly yeah. it's 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 really interesting we've gone from you know the Houston office being the only office in surveying to where we've got 13 offices now that we have surveying in so it's yeah it's a beast to keep track of yeah right? it is so. <laughs> i can imagine i can imagine so let's talk just before we actually jump into some more of the surveying stuff we'd love for you to talk about what have you done 
since, you know, kind of ascending into the role that you're in now, what have you, how have you kind of worked with a lot of the younger women that are here at LJA and how has that informed your, you know, your leadership practice? So right when I became the vice president, there was a lot of people that really kind of reached out to me, especially a lot of women that were kind of looking at me as as a leader and as a role model. And I thought, oh, gosh, <laughs> I'm not that. Right. So we, I went and talked to Irene and we talked about the need for having a women's group at LJA. And there's so many, I'm not going to say specific challenges, but challenges that are a little different when you're a woman in this male-dominated industry. And I had some experience with, we put on a women's survey or summit a, a couple of years ago, and that was really impactful to just have a different experience as a, as a surveyor that was with other women surveyor than our normal surveying kind of, kind of stuff. So I kind of wanted to incorporate some of those ideas and, and create a women's group within LJA. And over the last probably year, we've been working on it since before all the COVID stuff hit, but really kind of come to a forefront to be able to introduce it to the rest of the company. And it's really exciting to be able to, it's called Wave. And we've been able to, you know, incorporate some ideas and, and get some book club and some social activities and, and some accountability stuff and, and uh, stuff like that that's geared for us. Uh, yeah. And I, I, that's really exciting. Really I mean, exciting. listen, I got to say this, like I said, I don't want to date you or me as far as that's concerned, <laughs> but I got into this industry in 97. I was probably like 27 or 28, but I got to say that, that I did not experience that type of awareness back then about how do you incorporate different people within your organization Absolutely. to make them feel like they're part of the organization, to help them grow and to maybe connect them with like-minded people or individuals that will help foster that. I mean, what do you I, think about that? Yeah, I, I didn't, you know, I, I came into it and I always said that I had to find mentors and some of my mentors were, you know, men and some were yoga instructors and some were, you know, <laughs> I mean, anywhere that I could find somebody that could kind of connect on all of the pieces of me that I needed some help on. It's really kind of interesting to talk to some of the younger EITs and SITs that are women that, you know, they're going through, oh, I'm getting ready to have a baby or I'm getting married and how do you manage and, and do all of these things. Having gone through that, I didn't have anybody to ask. Yeah. I mean, there was there was nobody that, you know, and nobody was that, offering it. No. And <laughs> and, you know, especially in, in surveying industry, our average age is sixty five. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that is older than me. So in case you're asking. Yeah. Um so so that was really hard to kind of get a, a peer to even be able to talk to. So yeah. It was a totally different experience. Well, and I think that speaks volumes to your willingness to want to kind of step into that role, especially as you see young people coming along and trying to find their way, right? It's almost like watching somebody, you know, try to walk through a room in the dark exactly. and not know exactly where yeah. to go. And you're yeah. like, well, let me grab your hand. Right, I got, right, I got right. you. Let got me you. show you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's really important. And you mentioned something about the graying of the surveying industry. Could you speak to that a little bit? And I mean, yes, we, we are relying more on technology now more than ever before, but we still need people that want to become surveyors yeah, yeah. that want to that. I mean, what should young people be looking at when it comes to surveying and how do you ignite that that passion in them for surveying? Right. I, I talked to well a guy that I just hired a couple about a couple months ago and talked to him about 
we spend a lot of time on what I find exciting about surveying. And to me, there is an aspect of surveying that anybody who has a passion can like plug into. So there is the technology, there is the history, there is, you know, just the jigsaw puzzle kind of thing of putting things together. There's a project management side of it. And if you're really a good project manager, you can really do some good surveying. And, you know, the technology, we've got people that that's their whole job is to, is to go research technology and see how it fits with our company. There's people that are historians that really dig into that. And, you know, it's to me, it's, it's such a renaissance kind of group that, you know, if I call it the renaissance man kind of syndrome because everybody knows a little bit about everything. There's nothing that everybody knows a lot about. But if you know a little bit about everything, then surveying is really a good place for you. There's people that just love the outdoors and that's where they want to stay. Yeah. Um, and then there's people that really want to come in and be project managers or team leaders or whatever. And oh my gosh, I'll take those people and groom them into that, right? right so that's, that's right. what happens. Yeah. And I love that. And it's actually, it's funny. I, I was just watching, I was looking at a friend's post on Facebook and they were showing the topographical boundaries for the city of Washington, D.C. And this was something that I didn't know, but evidently Benjamin Banneker went around the city of Washington, D.C. and inserted 48 stones, boundary stones, right? And I was like, wow. And each one of them is now encased in kind of like a little fence for safety purposes. But it's that kind of thing. But we, we never think about you know, what goes into delineating land and right. area and space. And, and I think it's, you know, there's a historical aspect to it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, I've got my stepson who works on one of the field crews now and he and I now we go on vacations together and we're both looking down because we're looking at <laughs> monuments on the ground. We're like, oh, look at this. You yeah. know, my husband's over there going, oh my God, you guys are <laughs> a whole different beast. So we tend to look at things a whole lot differently. And regardless, we'll always be taking pictures of, oh, this is a really cool monument that I found, you know, and we kind of have our own little group that we do things like yeah. on weird monuments that you find and things like that. And we just look at things a little bit differently, I think. I would so. imagine so. I would imagine so. So what do you, I mean, how excited are you about the growth here at LJA? Oh and gosh. Yeah. I mean, you, like I said, you've been around for a minute yeah. and uh, you've yeah. got, you know, you saw things before and, and unfortunately, you know, we've dealt lately with the, the passing of a great leader in Calvin and you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I was really sad that I did not, he originally was, and this was all pre-COVID, we were going to sit down and I was going to do an interview with him. And I was so looking forward to that because I've known Calvin for years. Right. And I you know, so I'm, I'm missing out on that. But I mean, he left kind of a big void, obviously. And that's just, oh. that's just the elephant in the room that everybody has to mm -hmm. talk about and embrace. But, but he created such an environment where this ship is still going to continue sailing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah. and you're part of that. And so I would love for you just to kind of speak to what that means to you from an, L, you know, with regard to the growth of LJA and where this company is going. I think that, and I get a little sad. I know, uh, I know. It's so. fine. It's okay. It's all right. So I think that Calvin really kind of put things together where he saw growth and he saw where we could be. And he gave us those Calvinisms and those euphemisms <laughs> that I think we really live and die by, right? right. So where we can embrace those and, you know, it's kind of like writing, writing a little memorial that lasts for the future, that you can take something like grow or die and right. you can like live it, right? You can live that dream. And I think that that's exactly, to me, that that is one of the most important ones that he's given me is I can only... I want to retire someday, you know, and that's that's what our whole 401k and ESOP and everything that we've got going on here is 
I don't want to be needed forever, right? Sure. I really train people and I really push people and several people say that I push a little hard, but I push people to be the best that they can be because I want them to take my job and I want to be able to go do other things. So I will push a lot of people up through this. And because of that, I got to do some backfill. I got to bring in some other youngers to be able to fill those positions. So this grow or die gives people not only the opportunity to like retire and go sit on a beach sometime, but it gives people the ability to have a career and be able to grow within the company and make this company even bigger and better than how they found it, right? So grow or die is really important in my world. And it, you know, it's anything from going and getting another license in another state, or if somebody isn't licensed, that we get them their certified surveying technician to be able to give them a growth path and, and a career path that really can resonate with them and they can grab a hold of. So that's one thing that Calvin gave me was just that grow or die mentality that, yeah, I think I think we got it. And I don't know that that's necessarily replicated in a lot of other firms. Not at all. A lot of other firms look at employees more from a transactional standpoint, like I need you for this project. And then, you know, if we have another project, then great. But if not, then, you know, say la vie. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that especially like in surveying, there's there's people that are afraid that someone's going to take their job mm-hmm. because there's no place for them to go, Yeah. right? So I don't really want to train you if you're going to end up taking my job from me. I don't have that issue. I'm going to train somebody so that I can go do something else. Right. And, and there's always going to be more to go. So I love that. Yeah. That's the mantra of a leader, a real leader. <laughs> I've, I've said that before. It sounds like something I've said in one of my trainings, but I mean, I've always said, you know, for real leaders and anybody listening to this at LJA, if you consider yourself a leader, if you're not working yourself out of a job, then you're really not a leader because a, a good leader works themselves out of a job, not that they're going to get fired, but that they're going to create new opportunities for themselves and build up other people that can step into the role that they're currently in so that they can do go off and do something else that exactly. they want to do. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if I were to ask you what would be next for Heather, what would you say? Oh, my gosh. So. I've got my hands in so many things right now that I kind of need to, my husband keeps telling me to say no to something. Oh, you have you have a challenge saying no to I have a challenge <laughs> saying no, exactly. So over the next few years, I think that I really want to grab a hold of some of this mentorship stuff. Okay. And, you know, my job right now, it's it's kind of bizarre to say, but my job is to make sure everybody else can do their job. So we're going other states. I've got to get other people certified and registered and I've I've got to be able to hire and and be able to build that up. So I guess my job kind of in the future is is to setting up some more mentorship and training and education stuff internally. Yeah. And that's what I'm good at, right? I I think I kind of was born a little bit of a te- teacher and motivator and I can put some pretty swift kick in people's back ends to get a mood in. Yeah. So, and yeah. and the thing I like about you, and that, and I can speak to this because like I said, you've been in some of the trainings that I've done is that you're not finished learning. You're Absolutely. continuing to learn. Right. 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 So that's that yeah. whole grow or die mentality exactly. that Calvin instilled in yeah. you. And so you're not beneath it, right? Because, you know, you see some leaders are like, hey, you need to go take these classes and, you know, come see me when you're done. You're like, yeah, you know what? I'll actually be sitting next to you in class uh, and I'm going to be picking up some stuff. So, you know, because yeah. like they say, you can teach an old dog new tricks, right? I yeah. mean, you know, clearly. I mean, yeah. and I'm just using that as an example in general, right? Especially for a lot of older people that sometimes we get into this place where, you know, we feel like, oh man, am I being put out to pasture or is my time coming up short? But the reality is, is there's still 
new things to learn. Right. You know, and as long as you have your eyes and your ears and a brain, the rest of it, you can figure out for sure. I I think that I last year when all the the pandemic hit and and I couldn't go do things. So I kind of sat at home and did some training and did a Lean Six Sigma kind of of testing and, and went through the green belt and everything else. And not because I didn't know how to run a project or anything else, but I wanted new tools because there's always something that comes across that you're like, I need a new way of thinking about things. And that to me is another way just to be able to, you know, and having another certification doesn't hurt anything, right? So kind of going through some processes to be able to learn how to do more project management stuff, to be able to teach my guys to do project management stuff. Sure, sure. And I'm glad it's interesting that you mentioned that because I know Six Sigma, that's not necessarily always an approach that a lot of people take in engineering. I'm curious to know from your perspective, with your experience, what was your biggest takeaway from doing that Six Sigma program? Waste. Really? Waste. Yeah. I realize how many times that we look at the same things over and over and over and we expect other people to catch our mistakes because they're in that position to catch we have a QAQC process. Right. And so people slack off because they know someone else is going to catch right. that. Oh, they'll get to that. To me, I was like, oh, maybe we need to to put more onus on the actual process that it gets done right the first time right. instead of waiting for someone else to check it and make sure it gets done. To me, that was an eye opener. And, and probably the entire thing was worth me sitting in and hearing that part of it. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. And you've, you've had, have you had a chance to kind of implement some of that in your process within the survey group? A little bit. I mean, not in a formal setting, but to kind of push that onus and that responsibility onto the people actually doing, doing the actual job yeah. Was, yeah. was an interesting little that's, turn of events. That's exciting. Kind of yeah. that, that is exciting. Yeah. I think we all had, you know, the past year to what's been like almost 14, 15 months to kind of improve ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. If you didn't come out, I mean, you know, I realize for those of you listening, the pandemic was a serious thing and some people died. But, you know, if you survived and you don't come out better than you were when this started, then you missed out on an opportunity. Right. right. And if nothing else, just change a a mental state of where you were. There's just some things that were really, really important a year ago that I'm like, Maybe not so much now. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, before we close out, because, I mean, you've shared so many great nuggets. I would love for folks to know a little bit more about you. Is Are, are there any books that have really moved you? Maybe leadership books or anything that you've I'm, read that have helped you? I'm reading Leadership 360 right now. So I'm kind of halfway in the in the Leadership through? Leader 360. Leader th- Okay. Yeah. I've heard of that. And yeah. It, it's kind of like leading from the middle. It's like when you're not in charge, how to still be a leader. Sure. Um, that to me is, there's been some really good nuggets out of that. And then, I, gosh, I, I do a lot of books on tape. What have you done recently? Uh, I did, what's the name of it? And it's funny because you said- Hard Conversations with a Black Man. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, oh, with- um, uh, Akio, the- X, uh, it's hard. Pencil- um, I'm trying to think of Eagle who. player. I, I, oh, oh, yes. I know you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah. yeah hard yeah. conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, yeah, he was a former NFL player. His book blew up. I mean, yeah. everybody. It's yeah. a really good book. It's a really um, good book. yeah. And I just, I, his name is escaping me right yeah. now, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll get that down in the show notes. But, uh, yeah. I mean, there's just so many, so many good books there's, out there. There's, like, there's like, been a lot. I mean, obviously everything that's been gone on with a lot of the racial, rights and everything else. I kind of I kind of focused in on that over the last 
few months, but you know, I've been doing a lot of women's group and a lot of diversity stuff, and I'm kind of trying to see things in a different light than a little girl that grew up in Kansas, Kansas right? right? You know, yeah, there, yeah. It's, it, there, there's a different mentality that, again, if you don't come out of this pandemic with a new growth idea, then you you missed out, right? So, and a new mindset. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it's been interesting. It's okay. Been interesting. And besides grow or die, do you have any other favorite quotes? Well, Calvin quotes. Um, or any quotes, period. I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, my brother always says I'm I'm not as smart as I think I am, right. which I think that's <laughs> I think that's pretty pretty appropriate for right. my whole family is as we tend to, you know, grab a hold of something and think that we have all the answers. Yeah, I love that. No, I, 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 that's a good one. We can, we can work with we that. I'm not as that. smart as I think I am. And I, I think that's important, especially for engineers. Yeah, uh, uh, engineers need to hear that because sometimes engineers are a little full of themselves. Uh, yeah, not yeah. anybody at LJA, at other places. Uh, there you go. But the reality is, is that um, there's always room for, for growth. There's always room to learn new things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So I love that. So, well, Heather Sides, I really appreciate you sharing this information today and just kind of taking time out of your schedule to talk to folks young and old here at LJA and and share a little bit about your background and history, the wisdom that's been imparted to you that you are now imparting to this next generation of of, uh, up and coming leaders here at LJA. Any parting thoughts that you'd like to share before we close out? Oh gosh, I I, I just think that LJA, when I came here, I was looking for a home and I really found it. There's so many people here that have been so encouraging and yeah, there's, there's just, you know, there's a place for everybody here and yeah. you just have to kind of find your way to figure out where you fit and what matches for you. Yeah. My husband tells me every day how fortunate I am to work oh, yeah. here. He Absolutely. T- every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, on, on multiple levels, right? It's, it's not just the social aspect. You've got the fact that this is an ESOP company. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, I could come up with a million different reasons why LJ is a great place to work. But you you certainly hit it on the head and you should be thankful for uh, having an opportunity to do that here. And many more people will be in your shoes in the future. And so they'll be able to listen to this and say, yep, Heather was right and I'm experiencing it too. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's great. Well, Heather Sides, thank you so much for taking time today. We really, really appreciate you. And uh, thank you for joining us on the LJA podcast. Thanks so much, Randy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the LJA podcast. Whether you are doing your due diligence to hire a design firm or you are trying to learn more about the company, this podcast is one of the best places to start. For more information about LJA, please visit our website at lja.com to learn more. At LJA, we mean it when we say we build civilization.